right start we had this morning. And Mr. Dunan, great pleasure to welcome you back on the program. Thank you, John. So, Paul, on to you. Oh, first off, welcome, John. It's great to see you without a mask on. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be back and also what uh, EPAR Trade and, and what Racer has done to bring this race industry week together now for a second year is, is really special for the, the whole community and, and, you know, across North America, but obviously uh, globally as well. So well done to everybody. Well, thank you, John. And uh, obviously, I think both both of us have been watching the prior sessions. The last one was particularly interesting to both of us. Uh, and thank you, Marshall, for hosting. Um, I, I want to uh, start with that since we're kind of on a roll and when we'll spend a little bit of time on the relationship with uh, Le Mans, ACO, um, WEC. Uh, but more importantly, we're going to talk about IMSA today because we've covered a lot of ground on that. But just describe the working relationship really quickly that's created this new age, brave new age for sports car racing. I would say simply solid as ever. Um, thrilled that we were able to lock in uh, a 10-year uh, partnership on our strategic alliance, which we announced uh, back at Le Mans in August. Um, clearly, the technical teams have been working around the clock on uh, convergence when it comes to the LMH and LMDH platforms competing together. And in short, you know, the, the, the manufacturers have spoken, but, you know, Pierre, uh, Frederic, uh, Terry Bouvet, and their entire team have been um, really strong partners. Obviously, a lot of work over many years has, has made it what it is today. Uh, I'm thrilled to, to be able to be the caretaker of it with, with Jim France and Ed Bennett now. Um, and uh, clearly the future is bright and I can't wait for Daytona 2023 when we kick off the Rolex 24 with, as we've always said, the best in the world, cars, drivers, and teams. Absolutely. Uh, I, it's a countdown in my household. <laughs> I know where I'm going to be. Uh, and uh, it is truly to me uh, the most, Rolex 24 is this unique melting pot of the world of motorsport, where you have somebody coming from a oval track, dirt track background like Kyle Larson, now a NASCAR champion, racing with a Fernando Alonso uh, uh, in all of the best sports car racers in the world at the same time, and, and NASCAR champions like Jimmy John. It's just, it's amazing. And, and when you started in your career, which I want to talk about for a brief moment, did you ever think you'd be here doing what you're doing right now? And tell us how you started. Well, just over overwhelmed that, um, you know, boyhood dreams come true. And in my case, uh, came through, uh, came true a couple times, um, you know, uh, over my, my shoulder here is, is the racetrack basically where I grew up, um, was, was at road America, six weeks old at events like the June sprints and, you know, really grew in in uh, passion because of my dad and my grandfather but ultimately um, you know the business side of the sport they they, they did a little bit of driving um, and, and race officiating but the business side of the sport was really what captured me and uh, to be able to have the time that I, that I had uh, as a competitor over the years um, and then to, to receive uh, the call from Daytona to um, have the opportunity to lead IMSA which is you know, obviously, in, in, in my view, the best endurance sports car racing in the world, 
um, here in, in, in North America. And, you know, just, uh, you know, a lot of times I have to pinch myself. You know, I stand, stood there on the, the grid of uh, Motul Petit Le Mans, you know, 43 cars rolling off and, and literally thought to myself, you know, how in the world did, did we get here? And um, just just honored and, and thrilled about what we have done, but what is to come. Um, you and I both, um, and Marshall especially, uh, grew up in that GTP era. Um, and we thought, you know, this is the, the heyday of our sport. Well, uh, I got news for everybody. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna see a chapter two of that heyday, if not uh, even more historic moments. Well, I certainly hope so. The, uh, the the prior conversation got me even more excited than I already am, and I still have the adrenaline coursing through my veins from the last few moments of Motul Petit Le Mans this year, which is probably one of the most incredible things I've seen. It just was you know, amazing, amazing result and excitement. You had a connection to that program that stood on the podium uh, at the top. Yeah, yeah. Started with you. But can you, can you believe that 7,000 miles of racing came down to the last quarter mile for the championship uh, between the, you know, the 31 uh, Wheeland engineering team and, and Cadillac. And then, of course, Wayne Taylor's Conoco Minolta Acura. Like, you can't script that stuff. And it was all dependent on where people caught traffic. And then, you know, out, out, out a few ways down the road was, was the Mazda and their, their finale. So, uh, on the, on the top category stuff, you couldn't, you couldn't script it. And then of course the GT cars all came down to the similar manner, uh, yeah. the final race and, and not only in weather, in the weather tech championship, but in Michelin pilot and all of our other platforms. So, um, really excited about the competition right now and the level of driving, um, you know, you've, you've driven, uh, you know, I've driven, but, the level of driving that's happening in IMSA right now is is absolutely remar remarkable. Well, you 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 drove. I circulated a racetrack uh, <laughs> uh, as a menace. So the uh, so two different things. Uh, but I, I, uh, I want to say that when when I look at your series uh, of all the racing series on the current global landscape, you have the greatest potential to be the future. You you have that mix of technologies. You are constantly progressing. Um, the sport was literally created as a race to tomorrow. Literally. That's right. Um, and the consistency of message and voice for this sport since the beginning of it is the greatest proof of authenticity I can see. Uh, and you can feel it when you're there. You can, you know, the fans are one with this sport. And I want to talk about your fans because I find the IMSA uh, fan to be unique. Um, they literally live the life uh, that they're witnessing. They're, they're, they're manifestations of a cultural uh, phenomenon that is this global sports car mindset phenomenon, but really this road racing uh, culture of uh, enjoying and experiencing cars. Uh, tell, me, tell me how you plan to leverage this, uh, what I think is a competitive advantage for IMSA. Well, I appreciate your words. Uh, you know, it starts uh, with the manufacturers and us continuing to stay uh, relevant and authentic to what um, is is related to the the road car product. So, you know, when we make decisions about the future of our sport, we make those based on what um, the the OEMs want to use in a marketing setting to to talk about their brand or their powertrains or their platforms, and the fan base. Um, they they're magnetized to that 
They are uh, fans of certainly drivers, but in the end, um, around the uh, Road Atlanta uh, circuit there uh, in Brazelton, you saw a lot of manufacturer flags. You saw a lot of manufacturer T-shirts, and the loyalty of this fan base over decades, 50 plus years, uh, people that have followed IMSA, uh, been to all the events year after year after year. Um, they're our best voice. Um, they are um, not only the best voice for IMSA uh, to help us grow the audience, but they're the best voice for, for the manufacturers. Uh, you know, and they're in their neighborhood, they're the, the advocate, they're the, the known uh, industry expert, um, the expert witness, if you will, to what uh, road car product is. They're very knowledgeable um, and they can, they can shift, in my opinion, people's buying decisions. And, and a lot of uh, what happens at the racetrack carries over to um, you know, people purchasing their favorite product or uh, aspiring to that product. And so uh, we need to leverage our current fan base um, to grow uh, additional audience. And I think um, the younger audience is a place where we have, as you said, the biggest opportunity um, to grow. And that happens, you know, through traditional ways, uh, television and, and social media, but also in, in some of the streaming opportunities that we have uh, based on the NBC relationship. Yes, and I'll talk about both those things because that's where I think again, the world is coming to you uh, in the way it's changing. And uh, as Mrs. Fanner will attest, I turned the house into a Lamar. Uh, or a Sebring or a Daytona or a Petite Le Mans war room with every electronic device I could have open while I'm watching all of it. I, one of those people that stays up all night, stays, tries to watch the entire event. Couldn't do that before. I could, if, even if I have a family obligation, I can take your event on my phone and, and continue to understand what's going on through all the different media streams you have going. And I think that uh, with, with the the format of your sport, that's a great opportunity. Um, I think that, you know, where I'm gonna go with this is, the audience of the future isn't living on television anymore. They're not sitting there watching scripted, scheduled television shows. They're, they're engaging in content while they're living their lives. The greatest opportunity I see, and we'll talk a little bit deeper about this, is that of all the forms of motorsport, you touch more directly to living your lives because what you're racing is what they aspire to. What it's it's got a cultural gravity and emotional gravity to it. You can talk to car enthusiasts, not just racing enthusiasts. If you love a brand, and you want to see your brand go to battle to prove it's the best against all of the other manufacturers, have we got a war story for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do with that? Because I to me that is the 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 Saturn V rocket that's going to take you to the moon. How do you do this? Yeah, and, and you pointed out early, you know, there, there's so many different ways for people to take in IMSA content, and they have found those ways, the audience, the current one, um, to do exactly as you said. And I get a lot of pictures from people while I'm at, you know, the Rolex 24 or the, the 12 hours of Sebring with people, you know, their, their living room set up with laptops and big screens and things like that to, to, to buckle in and, and enjoy the ride of the race uh, in their particular your their particular fashion. Um, I think um, clearly uh, we need to 
leverage uh, the NBC relationship. And, and, and I'm not talking about the, just the broadcast. That's, that's critical for our partners. Uh, the streaming opportunity that Peacock now gives us flag to flag uh, each weekend. Um, I also think that um, through all the drivers that, that are uh, a part of our IMSA paddock, uh, all through the manufacturers um, and through the critical partners like WeatherTech and Michelin, um, we have to um, go perhaps uh, beyond the racetrack um, with their uh, massive audiences that, you know, uh, a brand like Cadillac or Acura that we're battling for a championship have a massive following of folks that are currently maybe not wearing the, the IMSA hat um, as, a, as a, a loyal fan. And so uh, we had an opportunity around uh, Motul Petit Le Mans to talk to all of our, our leadership of our OEM partners, and we asked them for their help. Um, we've done some deep consumer research with our partners at Michelin, um, and it's fascinating to know that when people haven't had an opportunity to, to taste IMSA, um, when they got the sampling platter, when they got the hors d'oeuvre, um, they have raised their hand and said, we want more. Right. And so it's incumbent on us uh, as IMSA, but also uh, incumbent on all of our partners and all of our participants. And those of us that are, are uh, the, the baptized, if you will, to make sure that uh, we go out and share uh, the ways that people can take it in um, and, and reach that uh, untapped, uh, if you will, audience that, that hasn't been to an event or hasn't seen us um, on a regular basis in all the ways that they can watch. Yes, and I think, again, I'm glad you're, you and your team are doing this because it, uh, you, just from having been in this business for a few weeks, uh, I, it, it seems <laughs> to me that this is still the uncharted water for our sport. Uh, I, I do see the significant investment that Formula One has made in outreach. I see some very good things being done in IndyCar. Uh, for sure, uh, but uh, uh, NASCAR has got its own initiatives, but you have some initiatives that you know are uh, unique, and, and I know that IMSA has been a place where uh, racers of both genders and, and uh, all ethnic, religious, cultural backgrounds have been welcomed since the beginning. I was around IMSA in the beginning. Uh, Yet you still want to see this evolve and improve even more, so that it reflects society as a whole. What are you doing there? Well, you're you're 100 right. And when, when IMSA was founded um, by Bill France and and the bishops, um, you know, John and Peggy, the philosophy was that anyone who's certainly trained uh, can come can come racing, and it was a family atmosphere, and it was a welcoming um, community. Um, and that's exactly what I've found and how we're operating IMSA today. But it's certainly my commitment and our staff's commitment to operate it in the same manner going forward. And oh, I'm, I'm super proud of a, a group of young members of our IMSA team that, that came forward and said, we need to um, do something to make sure that um, we're providing uh, continually a, a platform for a diverse participant. And uh, we did announce uh, the IMSA Diverse Driver Development Scholarship Program. Um, this came together uh, because of partners, you know, um, IMSA, of course, 
providing entry fees, Michelin tires, VP racing fuels, Recaro, uh, OMP, you know, so it's a package. And we had an incredible uh, um, allotment of, of candidates uh, that came forward that um, speak to uh, diversity, male, female, um, certainly race. And uh, we're, we're pleased uh, to be able to offer that um, for 2022 to Jaden Conright, but also um, Congratulations, the fact that way, it's Jayden. sustainable. You know, it's it's a program that we can put in place uh, that's not a one and done. It's something that, that we can speak to um you know uh, on an ongoing basis it's real it's authentic and uh, we'll see the next generation uh, come forward and then in the meantime uh we've got you know the catherine legs of the world who've had a tremendous career um continues to to run uh up front and and uh put in fastest race laps and and show uh her continual talent um in in this top level of the sport and there's there's more Catherine's and there's more uh, Jaden's uh, to come. Yes, there are, and I see them throughout your paddock. And uh, we have a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a champion uh, in Michelin Pilot Challenge that uh, fits mm -hmm. that fits the uh, uh, the female racer build. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah, and and perfect example of what you know Taylor uh, accomplished in her season uh, with Mr. Lewis, um, but. It also speaks to, uh, and as you know, uh, because we spent a lot of time in your office over the years talking about driver development ladders. Um, yes. We have now a clear system um, for drivers and teams and manufacturers and engineers uh, and mechanics to grow their career. You start with the Itamitsu MX-5 Cup. You have uh, new for 21, the Porsche Carrera Cup. We've got the Lamborghini Super Trofeo um, from a single make standpoint. Um, we've got um, Prototype Challenge, which then gets you into a, a uh, downforce car and, and young drivers like Courtney Crone have uh, found her way into that platform. Then you got the multi-class racing of Michelin Pilot and, and WeatherTech. So um, it's our hope that people see IMSA and weather tech is definitely the destination, but as a place to grow their career and uh, from entry level uh, to all the different types of performance levels and downforce and multi-class racing, um, we, we do have it all. And uh, you know, speaking of which, uh, we have a partnership with SECA at the grassroots level well, that, helps, ask you about that. You know, that helps bring up um, that yeah. next generation of talent, whether it's again, a race official a mechanic and engineer or certainly drivers. And um, for me, as you know, uh, growing up in a grassroots uh, household and a grassroots uh, platform, that's uh, near and dear to my heart. And I really do believe that's a way for us to sustain the future. I agree, John. And you know, I, I, what I find is a common bond between SCCA and, and IMSA racers. Uh, many of us started uh, in SCCA, literally the SCCA raised me. Uh, members of my region took uh, this waif-like creature and turned turned me into a older waif-like creature. But I, I think that uh, what you have uh, at the moment is this formation of culture around what you're doing. It's it's I think it's smart. I think understanding that you represent a cultural sensibility and mindset that loves the automobile, uh, that loves performance, that loves the joy of of driving 
at the core of your reason for being as a way to win big, I think you face some challenges. One of the fundamental challenges is you don't have many races. The races you have are very important, yeah. uh, but your season, you know, the density of your events, they're spaced widely because many of them are endurance races. Uh, and I think the other part of this is multi-driver lineups are harder for the general public to remember. Now you have some of the very best racing drivers you've ever seen driving in your series, and many of them are quite famous, but they're subdued in the, in the messaging under the team and manufacturer branding. How do you address those two things? Yeah, we've uh, had several meetings uh, since I've been at IMSA, and the word education has been thrown around uh, not very lightly, but very seriously. Yeah. And um, you're 100% correct. Um, and one of the things that you know we need to do is to continue to educate people on what IMSA is, what endurance sports car racing is, what multi-driver and what, what the ultimate team uh, um, element of our sport is. Um, you know, when, when a pit stop happens and people see drivers getting out, they, they may think the race uh, for that particular entry is over. And we need to simplify that in a manner that uh, not only our current audience and passionate, and you said car culture people um, who are, are absolutely in love with the automobile and in love with uh, sports car racing, um, watch some of our events and have to raise their hand with what, what just happened there. And it's uh, again, incumbent on us to be the facilitators of that education, that educational process. Um, and, and simplify the, uh, the messaging. And um, with, again, the help of our partners, uh, all the manufacturers, all the, the uh, endemics uh, like Michelin and WeatherTech, even the non-endemics, yeah. uh, we, need, we need everybody's help to uh, continue to educate the audience on uh, what's happening today and on what's coming. Because uh, what's coming, uh, as I said earlier, uh, gets more and more exciting by the day. It does indeed, and I think we'll bring it home here with a, some, some closing thoughts about what, what is coming in terms of the rollout. We've got a, another exciting year ahead of us uh, in, in IMSA. That, you know, it's, it seems like it's 10 minutes from now we'll be seeing, seeing each other in Daytona. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah it's, uh, super it's, 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 52 day, it's 52 days for those counting. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a ticker on the website for the roar before the 24 and, and uh, the Rolex 24, the 60 is running um, no less of, of that great event, but it starts next year. As you, as you, as you said, um, I'm, I, fingers crossed. I have always felt, and, and Ed Bennett and I talk a lot about the 50 number, uh, hoping that we can have uh, 50 cars at the Rolex and based on current forecast, uh, that's where we're headed. Um, as you know, a, a year ago at the Rolex, we announced uh the, the new GT strategy. Yeah. And uh, we're so excited about what that's going to bring. And our partners at Corvette Racing have uh, committed, uh, folks at, at Lexus uh, have committed to run in that GTD Pro. Um, there's more coming. Um, so I want to um, allow them to make their announcements. But I think you're going to see a, a really strong field in GTD Pro as well as in GTD. Um, exciting um, how GTD um, came about at the end of the season with the points race. You'll probably see some of those teams uh, stepping up to GTD Pro, uh, which we're excited about. Then it seems like uh, 
the momentum around the top category is uh, it, it's really hard to put into words the, the number of commitments that have come from uh, the Acuras of the world, uh, the the Audis, the BMWs, the Cadillacs, um, you know, the the Porsches, um, un, unreal um, what we're what we're seeing so far. Um, with again, um, we believe more to come and. Um, you'll see, obviously, the introduction of, of hybrid. So it's a step towards electrification for us. Um, but I think the other is, you know, DPI was really special and, and, and continues to be special. Uh, I was honored to have the opportunity to be part of that from the manufacturer side and the styling cues that we were able to incorporate from a brand standpoint into those cars. Um, that was step one. And I can sure uh, assure all the, the, the listeners today and, and the entire fan base that what you're gonna see in these new cars is, is mind blowing. Um, the design teams at these OEMs have embraced this opportunity uh, to tell their artistic story of the brand. When you see these prototypes, they absolutely scream uh, the brand that they represent. And I've been fortunate enough to see a few of the, the the cars in wind tunnel form, as well as uh, clearly in, in drawings, and um, really proud of what um, IMSA is going to be as a platform uh, for those brands in the top category. And as you said earlier, the the consumers identify with uh, the cars that they see in GT racing. Um, but I can assure you, what's coming in in the prototype category in, in 2023 and beyond is uh, is that and then some um and so I'm, I'm really excited about that um come 2023 but we've got a 2022 championship to kick off here uh in short order well thank you and and you don't disappoint john with, with what you and your team produce i i I've got to say, every uh, uh, IMSA race I've been to is like opening a box of candy. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and I fell in love with this sport the first time I saw it in April 1974 when I went to Road Atlanta with my uh, my Super V. And the welcoming atmosphere that I felt at IMSA then, I was literally assisted by, by Peg Bishop and getting through tech quickly. And everyone was so kind and so helpful. I find that to be the, the hallmark of your company uh, to this day. And I please pass along my regards to Jim and to Ed and to all of your great team. And, and thank you for the wonderful work you and everyone at IMSA does on behalf of the sport. Thank you, Paul. And uh, you're hundred percent right. That, that family atmosphere and that welcoming will continue um, as soon as people enter the front gates as a fan. And uh, you saw that uh, grid walk at uh, Petit yeah. Le Mans, uh, wall to wall. And uh, we're thrilled uh, to offer that up and uh, even some new, exciting opportunities for fans going forward. And once again, thanks to uh, Racer and, and everybody at EPAR Trade for putting this together. I know fans from around the world were texting me about uh, being on, but also uh, how excited they are about Race Industry Week. So uh, well done again and uh, have a, a happy holiday and an absolutely blessed new year, uh, each and every one of you. Thank you, John. Thank you, Thank you John. Thank family. you. The concept for ePart Trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web.
The need for EPAR trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing, and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade, there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of EPAR trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. EPAR trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. There are two types of people, racers and everyone else. Racer Magazine is for those who believe that racing is a way of life. Racer embodies the excellence that defines a sport driven by passion, courage, and ingenuity. Get one year of both Racer's print and digital edition for only $39 with instant access to our entire digital issue archive. Subscribe now at info.racer.com.